The information on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a qualified licensed professional counselor or a qualified licensed medical provider. Hello and welcome back to another session of the Evolving Chair podcast. I'm your host, Lakeisha, licensed professional counselor. So, man, this weekend was so great. We had the Milwaukee Podcast Festival. Whoop, whoop. So, shouts out to Jadon from Egos and Opinions and Jasmine from the 20 something series. They did an awesome job coordinating all of this. And I was so excited for every pod that came out. And I was really nervous, <laughs> um, but, you know, it was cool. Like, Brilliant Idiots did their thing, Technical File, YBO, 72 and 10, Sweats and Suits, Don't Take It Personal, of course, Egos and Opinions. Um, 20-something series didn't get a chance to, to do her thing, but, you know, we know she's bomb anyway, so that's Jasmine. Um, so I think everybody is just, like, probably reflecting over the weekend and how to perfect their craft of podcasting um, and as well as gain new fans. Um, I know I did for sure. So I was definitely excited about that. So I'm definitely looking forward to next year's podcast festival. And I just can't wait to see what's in store for that. Um, I want to let you guys know too, I will also be hosting an event. Um, my workshop is called I'm Every Woman for the Black Men Mental Wellness Weekend in Chicago, um, put on by Sister Afia. And so I'll have the link where you guys can go and register for that event. Um, November 12th, I'm Every Woman, the workshop I'm hosting. And it, it really will just highlight different tools. Um, so coping techniques that you can use um, to deal with the daily life stressors. So I will have the link on my website at www.theevolvingchair.com, as well as it'll be on my social media pages. So I hope you guys really come out for that. Um, it looks like it'll definitely be some great um, event hosts throughout that weekend as well. So be on the lookout for that. But today I have a very special guest with me in studio, Miss Marika Rogers. You want to say hi to the TC listeners? Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm glad you said yes. <laughs> uh, yes. And so Marika and I go way back actually to high school days <laughs> and we are in the same field. So I'm, I'm always excited to um, meet other fellow clinicians out here um, with the same passion of just, you know, healing the land, um, healing our people at that. And I know you just transitioned back into the field. Can you tell them like where you were coming from at first before transitioning back into the mental health field? Yeah, most definitely. So uh, prior to me transitioning back into the field, I took a break and I was a um, outreach care coordinator for Children's Hospital for a program that was servicing clients who were in like the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And then um, I, I just continued to have like a tugging on my heart to mm -hmm. get back into the field. Um, as you said, our people in our community is like a dire need addressing those mm -hmm. mental health um, concerns that we may have and oftentimes are um, undiagnosed. And, and avoid it and so now I am so happy to be back in the community um, working directly with the clientele um, that is near and dear to my heart um, at impact mm. 211 I am working um, in um, providing like mental health assessments for mm -hmm. individuals who are homeless to get yeah. into housing because we know that a part of um, just being able to function on a um, on a 
on a day-to-day uh, level, mm-hmm. we have to address those mental health issues. Yes. Housing will be a, will be a problem all day if we don't address those. Yes, I love that. And now, because you, you mentioned, like, you getting back into the field because you had something tugging on your heart because we last worked together um, at a private practice. And so what made you be like, oh, I need to change up something? <laughs> yeah, so far as me leaving the field yeah and and like taking that break yeah Yeah, so I left because it being a mental health professional it kind of it can be it can be a little bit of a drain Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you know you're being there you're being a support system for the client you're making sure that that they are doing okay but also we have to make sure that we're doing okay as well So I had to take that that break, that mental pause mm. that I would say for myself yeah. so that I would be um, more effective, more efficient um, mm-hmm. as a mental mm-hmm. health professional. So now I'm back, feeling better than <laughs> ever, excited to be back in the field and, yes. and serve. Yes, awesome, awesome. And before we go any deeper, I, I love to do icebreakers with many of my guests. And so for you, Marika, what is a superpower that you wish you had and why? Mm. Superpower. <laughs> <laughs> I always love doing that one. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I prepared better for this. No, Let's it's see. okay. You know, that's the icebreakers are always the stumpers it for is people. A stumper. So if I had a superpower, what would it be? My superpower would be to, if if I could do it, would be to feed all, feed all human beings. Mm. Um, one thing that I hate to see is when individuals in the community do not have, like, the bare necessities of mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. And just having the right to have food on a daily basis, mm. basis, that definitely impacts me. So that's one of the things that I wish that I could um, do for our community. Mm. Nice, nice. Like multiply the food mm-hmm, multiply and the stuff. Food. And, and yeah. I was going to say almost like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> he multiplied the fish. The fish. And, yeah. Yeah. I feel, Five girl, loaves. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and Marika also has this great organization, Envisioning the Future. And I, and I love everything about it because um, the, like, the tagline is where we have an eagle's eye for your future. So can you tell us how did you develop the name? And even that tagline, I love that. Um, because it's an eagle that's a part of the logo so so I'll start with the name (laughs) (laughs) so initially when I first okay so I'm a believer of Christ so Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna keep it 100 about that so the the name came from the Lord I was actually um, finishing up my associate's degree Mm. (laughs) and I had to put together a business plan Hmm. Okay. I was in my writing my um writing for business course. Okay. And so initially the program was going to be a residential treatment center for youth. Mm. Initially, yeah. I always knew that I wanted to be in the mental health field since I was mm-hmm. a child. And so um that's where I initially started at. And as I continued to, you know, um, continue on with my like, my education and working in the community there were other needs that I saw that I wanted to help address mm-hmm. and so um, as far as like with the ego for so long I didn't even have a, a, a logo oh, okay. <laughs> and so um, 
I was connected with an individual by a friend of mine who um, who did logos and, you know, all this different marketing mm-hmm. material. And so he told me to tell him what does Envision the Future look like to me? Mm. And I never really thought about that. Like, how do I want the face of my organization to look? Because when someone sees your logo, it's like they're immediately attached it to, oh, that's Marika. Oh, that's Envision the yeah. Future. And that's what yeah. they do. And so I actually had a dream. <laughs> of how my logo was supposed to look. And I'm so drawn to egos because okay. egos are able to fly high and, and, and look be, look at a um, at a far distance than any other, hmm. um, you know, animal. Yeah. And so because of that and the mission of my organization and how we want individuals to look beyond their circumstance, beyond mm-hmm. where they're at, yeah. um, that's where that logo and the name of the organization came from. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So, so encouraging people to soar high and, like you said, look past mm-hmm. at their current state, mm-hmm. um, and, and don't get so caught up in in the now. But let's, you know, how how can we get past this now into that future that you see yourself getting to? Most definitely. Yes, I love it. And, and, and you have um, some some other slogans within it: the restore hope, transform minds, and reunify families. And I love every piece about it because it's almost you're not just focusing on one person but the whole family um I'm a firm believer you know definitely um being a clinician I tell parents all the time the the student the child that I'm working with is yeah that's that's the identified client but however with me and what I believe the whole family is the client because I'm not just working on issues or challenges that the student has Mm -hmm. that come to me but but it's a family dynamic piece to it as well so so I love that I love that component and I know you also um highlighted that it's it's like a hub of resources for men women and youth Mm -hmm. now what made you want to highlight the whole family instead of just being like okay I'm gonna focus on young girls or young men or just you know men or just women Mm -hmm. what made you want to incorporate the whole family well, kind of like what you were saying, um, when you're serving a client, it's not just that client because mm-hmm. they have to, after the, after they sit down with you, they have to go back to mm-hmm. their home, mm-hmm. which their family is there. And so I believe in addressing um, the whole family because it's a holistic approach. It's mm-hmm. a wraparound service. So, yes, you know, Johnny may be dealing with um let's say um, schizophrenia or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then the mother may have had some type of traumatic event that occurred in her life. The father may have had something going on in his life. Everyone comes to the table with some type of um, experiences. Yes. And now they're trying to function together. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to help um, Johnny with those coping strategies on how to um, live a, a live his daily life, but yet you're not really helping the father and the mother you're doing doing a disservice to me. Like, you know, you're not really able to address the whole entire unit because Mm -hmm. it's like a domino effect. That's true. And, you know, I had a chance to look at some of the services too. And I really loved um, how you had them separated. Um, So one side was women know your worth. And then the other side was well-groomed and Mm tailor-made. So can you, can you talk about, what would you say is like the underlining um, thought processes or um, focus or visions for the services? 
Okay. So with the women know your worth, um, that's that's helping to address different concerns for young ladies as mm-hmm. well as uh, um, more seasoned women. Mm-hmm. Um, I truly believe that a woman knowing her worth it stems from a whole lot, and if we can if we can install that in our young ladies, we can help them to be proactive mm-hmm. as they grow into becoming young women. And then if we can even help the women who may not have had that that other that woman in her ear encouraging her, yeah. building up her self-esteem, we could still address those concerns within her and help her c- to continue on throughout her life. Mm-hmm. And so some of the services that we provide is we help to um, – we do like different sessions and workshops for the women, mm-hmm. which we have like a panel of women. We have them telling their story. We help them yeah. um, build up their self-esteem. If they already have that, we're going to help expand it or increase it. Mm-hmm. You're going to walk away with some type of nugget, something to give you that um, that push to continue on or to, to do better and grow. Mm-hmm. And then we also do like etiquette classes for young ladies. Um, it breaks my heart to see young mm-hmm. ladies in a community who don't know how to carry themselves Hmm. who don't know who they really are that really really impacts me greatly Mm -hmm. one thing I have a young I have a daughter Mm -hmm. a 12 year old daughter and so I'm constantly pouring into her the knowledge that I have and so I'm like if I can if my reach can be even further than my daughter or even my niece who just turned 14 yesterday (laughs) you know I happy birthday niece happy birthday baby (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm able to um to to impact others you know Mm -hmm. what I mean further than just those two um close the closest uh young ladies that are to me Mm -hmm. and then for the men we have and also we do um like business courses for women as well Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know we really like to empower our women to to look beyond you know just like the day-to-day like oh I'm just gonna work this nine-to-five or I'm just gonna be a stay-at-home mom it's more to it than just that yeah and I want to highlight too that I was able to come to your conference Enterprising Women and now was that that was the first one right that was the first one and and there was a slew of great women on the panel um, that just shared um, their life stories and Mm -hmm. what really pushed them to want to be an entrepreneur um, and, you know, despite like the money, it, it was more of their passion and their vision for what they wanted to do within the community. Yes. And so I really loved that. And I was taking notes, you know, mm-hmm. so like I go back to this day to those notes from that conference. That's excellent. And that was the whole purpose um, mm-hmm. of having that event is, you know, even if you are an entrepreneur, there are more things that you can learn. You yes. know, and it's so often that women are beating each other down verbally, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? In so many aspects. And so I want to be the alternative to that. I want to switch that mode. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like go yeah. against the grain. Like we're not up. We're not doing that anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like let's build each other up. Mm-hmm. And so that's really like the essence of women know your worth. Mm. And then so the... um well-groomed and tailor-made, we help to empower and encourage our young men and also our more seasoned men. Mm -hmm. And we have the older men coming in to help to raise up these young leaders. And so these young leaders can go out to their peers and build them up. Mm -hmm. There's such an absence of strong Mm -hmm. young men who are leaders in a community as well as adult men. It's it's a lack Mm -hmm. of that. And so... What went um Welcome to Taylor Made does, we bring those strong, um, positive 
um, male role models in the community and we bring them to the young men so that they can stand up before them and t- and speak life into them. Mm-hmm. Or if there's different simple things that they don't know how to do, tie a tie, yeah, things like yeah. that. Like, you know, come here, young man. Let me show you how to line this up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Your presentation of of how you present yourself to someone the first time, that's like their last impression of you. Mm-hmm. And so you need to present your best self at all times because you yeah. never know who's watching. You never know who's looking at you. Mm-hmm. And so that's really um, the whole purpose of the well-groomed and tailor-made. And we're constantly increasing and evolving that. <coughs> um, that's one of those areas where we really want to uh, grow even more. Mm-hmm. We often are asked, what about the man? You know, why right. you don't service the yeah. man? Well, that's something for the man. <laughs> <laughs> and now are people looking for like things more in depth that you have for the women or when they ask you like, what about the men? What about the men? Or yeah, oftentimes um, they hear the women know your worth so oh, much. And so and they're so probably like, what about the men? The men need to know their worth, too. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So that's our way of giving back to, yeah. to the man. Yeah. And I like, and you just, you know, coined it a different phrase. Mm-hmm. I think, because I think, you know, if you tell a man, yeah, come to my session on men, know your word, they're going to be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> they're not hearing that. <laughs> See, women like to talk. Uh-huh. Men, not so much. Right. So you have to, like, say those little uh, key words that will, like, pull them in. Grooming. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I like to get lined up. I like exactly. to smell good, you know. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's genius. thank you yes and so um some of the services under the group the well-groomed and tailor-made um one of them was life skills training what does that encompass for somebody um who's interested in the life skills training what does that look like so life skills training is just those day-to-day things Mm -hmm. you know like how to represent yourself how to present yourself how to shake how to uh, properly shake another man's hand hmm. you know opening up a, a door for a young lady mm-hmm. you know what I mean just that those whole like mannerisms and respects like you know that whole one-on-one how mm-hmm. to really just uh be a man be mm-hmm. a young man yeah um in this society especially now you know yeah. we have to really pour into these young men if we don't Mm. only god knows you know what i mean like what could possibly happen Mm -hmm. and then for the women um support sessions what does that look like the support sessions is is like coming to one of our um our empowerment service um, empowerment sessions Mm. you know um supporting one another there's been times where we have to bring out the kleenex you know because Mm. someone else's story has unlocked that place of hurt that some that another woman may have been mm-hmm. holding mm-hmm. up holding in you know what i mean uh, an, an encouraging word may have broken you know that that um that bondage that that woman may have been in so that's one of our support our, our ways of supporting um one another mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love that i love that and now what where do you see envisioning the future <laughs> yes so um we actually have a new service that we are going to be launching um in 2018 our website is under construction um we've been doing like a lot of connecting in the community a lot of things you know we we've been yeah. putting together behind the scenes as of lately a lot of, a lot of individuals been asking me you know what's next you know when's the next event they're, mm. they're always anticipating something and so um one of the services you're the this is the first public <laughs> i made it now y'all <laughs> yes 
So um, I'll just I'll go public on this podcast. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the services that we will be um, providing will be centered around trauma. We'll be centered around um, mental health. Um, we will be having a mental health seminar next year. Awesome. Because is necessary yeah. and we would like to collaborate with not just our you know just individuals that we already been working with but individuals like you yourself you know what I mean um other individuals in our community who are um, mental health professionals who have been doing the work and mm-hmm. know the dire need of it um and then we will also be <laughs> we'll also be doing like group sessions um mm-hmm. on just how to um address those those uh, traumatic events how to move yeah. past those traumatic events and be a support to one another because one thing that i truly do know is our community is hurting mm-hmm. and trauma seems to be like yeah. one of those things that we have all experienced on so many different levels mm-hmm. just a young person growing up in this community and seeing so many other young people dying yeah. at a rapid rate Stray bullets, all this, all this madness that's been going on is trauma. Mm-hmm. It may become normal because mm-hmm. they're so used to it yeah. because of the environment that they grew up in, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And we need to address that. Yeah. And I love that. I love that. I'm excited um, to see what unfolds with the, um, the, the mental health seminar next year. Definitely. Yeah, I'm so excited. This is something that we've been like, my board and I, we've been discussing mm-hmm. for the past two years. And so I'm like, this is the time. 2018 yeah. is the time. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And it's so funny because um, I had my No Fear event um, a few weeks ago. Um, and that was the inaugural event because um, I would like for it to grow and get to the point where I have the breakout sessions mm-hmm. where it's an actual um, conference. Um, and, and two, I agree, you know, our people need the information. Um, they need to know the people and the faces um, within the community that they can go and reach out to yes. um, for that support. And, and literally that's what that event was. Um, it, it was the catalyst to begin the conversations within our community because we know within a minority community, people are like, oh, I ain't got mental health. And I'm like, well, you do got mental health. Now, you may not yeah. <laughs> struggle with it um, to the extreme that somebody else does, um, but we all have mental health. And just how do we support each other yes. and be our best selves or evolving into our best selves on a constant basis? Um, and the event itself, you know, I, I was really excited, everybody that came and, and supported it, you know, um, great feedback from it. And and it was something like, wow, you know, people do want to know about mental health and mental illnesses and what that looks like and yes. how to support a family member with that um, or if they're struggling themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad you you highlighted the trauma piece because I'm a big um, a big advocate about trauma and people knowing how trauma affects each generation you know research definitely shows that trauma is in our dna Mm -hmm. and so we think um historically you know Mm -hmm. our ancestors and slavery Mm -hmm. and just how those trauma genes have been transposed down into us and now you see little johnny over there acting up and you not knowing what's really going on but yet think about our lineage and all the trauma that's in us you know and and i like to tell people too when i have the kids I work with um 
many other times, it, you know, it's the behavior because the behavior is a form of communication of mm-hmm. what's not being said directly. And when I talk with the parents, the parents are like, oh, you know, I battle with this or I've gone through this and they haven't had that healing themselves. And so that kind of... Um, detours how they operate in mm-hmm. parenting with their kid and not to say you know they're a bad parent or anything right. like that but those traumas affect how they're able to really parent their kid especially mm-hmm. if they're dealing with their own mental health issues and don't want to address that Most definitely. um so yeah so I, I i love that whole concept and that idea of the mental health seminar so like i'm really excited for it to see how how it unfold most definitely. I'm 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 excited as well. Um, I know you and I both have had those different trainings on like trauma informed, yeah. trauma informed. Mm-hmm. Um and, and it's like a real life thing. Um, I was just recently at this training on Friday or Thursday and the professor from um the professor from um UWM he was speaking and he mm-hmm. was saying how um a a child can grow can go into a can be birthed into a home that um society would define as normal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but if the father or even the mother like you were saying have experienced some type of trauma that's passed down mm-hmm. you know into yeah. their dna and so their alertness and awareness to something that may be harmful to them Mm-hmm. They're already on alert. Yeah. And so it's been studies even regarding that, although that child may not have been acting out, but that child has that DNA of trauma on the mm-hmm. inside of them. So mm-hmm. their chemical makeup, the way that they think, the way yep. that they operate has already been created or, or developed, should I say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- that was just some really interesting information. And I'm just like, wow, we really need to educate, educate we one another. We do. And, and you know what I found even at the event I had, um, you know, when I talked about trauma, like you said, people were just like, yeah, that's something we have to talk about because we are so um, uh, trained to be like what goes on in the home stays in the home. Yep. Um, you, you know what I mm-hmm, mean? And, mm-hmm. and so getting the people out of that mindset of, OK, granted, I think when people think of a therapist, oh, it's just another person trying to be in your business, just another system. And it's no, I I think there are many great clinicians out here that want the best for their people, Mm -hmm. their community, you know, but but it's it's engaging and building that rapport with with the families because it starts there. I tell people, you know, relationship is key. You have to build that relationship and that rapport Mm -hmm. before you do anything with anybody. So it's just going out there, I think, for them seeing more of us at the forefront. Um, yes. You, you know you what I mean? Right on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. And that was really where my heart was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because oftentimes they're sitting down with someone who very well truly care about them and really yeah. want to help them, but they don't feel like they can relate. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I'm telling you about what I grew up in, but you look, you know, like you don't, exactly. you don't know what this is like. You know exactly. what I mean? My normal to you is different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was like the whole thing right there. Like seeing someone who they feel like they can relate to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I love the component, too, of me um, being in a school because I'm able to educate the teachers when I do the professional developments and the consultations mm-hmm. for them. And so, you know, of course, predominantly the clientele that they serve are minority kids. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you have a minority kid during the morning meeting that dispels something like, you know, like I just had a horrible night because this, that and the third mm-hmm. now a black educator might be like, okay, you know what I mean? I know like, okay, that that's what goes on in home. But you know, to, to somebody who isn't privy to that um, kind of information or, or just the lifestyle, they may be like, oh my gosh, what, you know? So I do a lot of like training, coaching with those staff. And and I love it though, Mm -hmm. because that that's allowing them to know, okay, these aren't just like your stereotypical children that we see on TV. They are coming with some real issues. And I think we forget that kids can be stressed, you know, yeah, they may not got to pay a bill or get a job, but our kids are stressed out, you know, having to worry about if mama going to get arrested or not, Mm -hmm. or if I'm a C daddy tonight, or if, if we gonna have somewhere to lay our head, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff really stresses our kids out. And I don't think people are really aware of those type of things that, that can affect them. I, I totally agree. Um, just to touch on that very briefly, this professor that spoke on Thursday, he, he, his self-awareness was like beyond imagination like Mm -hmm. he was just being so direct Mm. um about how he was addressing different things like one diagnosis that's often thrown around like hotcakes Mm -hmm. ADHD ADHD. that's the go-to automatic oh this child is ADHD he doesn't want to pay attention Mm -hmm. you know I try to do this and this and that but if a child is coming in the door already trying to mentally prepare for what's at home Mm -hmm. because at home is trauma at home is abuse Mm -hmm. verbally Mm -hmm. physically Mm -hmm. you know whatever even an adult cannot even focus properly Mm. or function properly at work and they may not even have a mental health diagnosis (laughs) (laughs) right we're told by our our supervisor oh you're having a bad day go home Take the day off. <laughs> yep. You know, yep. take a mental health day. Yeah. Children don't get that. Mm, they don't. They don't. They don't get that. They're automatically kicked out of the class, suspended, mm-hmm. um, kicked out of the school yeah. or labeled with that ADHD where they could be some of the most intelligent children mm-hmm. who could definitely do the work, but they cannot properly clear their mind to get to that place so that they can do the work. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, I'm glad you highlighted that because too, um, I, I tell people and educate people, trauma and ADHD symptoms are so similar. Mm-hmm. And so, and like you said, you know, we throw around the ADHD because yeah, they have these symptoms of a typical person with ADHD. But if you really look at it, you know, there is, there's three tests that needs to be completed for a person to be fully diagnosed with ADHD. And it has to be in two out of the three type of settings. So, you know, whether it's school at home community, mm-hmm. right. Yep. And I tell people too. I tell parents more often because I have a lot of parents. They'd be like, Oh, ADHD, ADHD. But then they'd be like, but he behaves at home. It's just when he comes to school and like, you know, when he at church or the store, he does fine. I was like, ma'am, that's not ADHD because 
ADHD doesn't know the off and on switch. Like it doesn't turn it off and on like that. I was like, so then when I go deeper, it's more trauma, you know? So it's making people understanding that trauma symptoms are very similar to ADHD symptoms. Most definitely. So (laughs) (laughs) it's real. (laughs) Right, right. And now for um, envisioning the future, like how can people donate and, you know, if if they want to um, be a mentor or something like that or like have a class that they would like to, um, you know, have run through envisioning the future, how can they go about that? Most definitely. Um, So we are 501c3. Mm-hmm. Nonprofit organization, so it is a tax deduction. If you are able to donate, if you choose to do so, um, we can be contacted through our website, which is www.envisioningthefuture.co.co. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, you can contact me also through email, which is envisioningthefuture at gmail.com. Um, mm-hmm. Are the ways that you could um, donate. Or um, get in contact with me about programming services. We have gone into different nonprofit organizations, and we've done groups for young boys. We've done groups for young um, girls. Mm-hmm. We've gone into schools, so we're definitely open to it. Just recently, put together a curriculum called um, "Dare to Be Different," and it's for young ladies. Um, and so, you know, we're we're definitely open to um, service in the community and in, um, in any way, um, and even on an individual level, it doesn't have to be through a nonprofit mm-hmm. organization. Mm-hmm. If you have a young lady who you feel can benefit from these services, um, please feel free to reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now, um, are there prices attached to this, or is it like sponsorships, scholarships, or how does that work? Um, so for our sessions, if we're at being asked to go into different um, nonprofit organization and do like ongoing mm-hmm. um, services, then yeah, um, okay. there is a price attached to that. Um, and then what's the other part of the question? Uh, if so, if if people, I think maybe more individual. So if they were thinking individual um, coaching or something to that retrospect um, with some of the services that you provide. Yeah, not all of our services. Um, um, have to be um, purchased or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's not always a monetary um, value that's attached to it. And so it really just depends on what the person is needing mm-hmm. and how often um, that they need those services. So, you know, they can feel free if they need a customized type of service. Mm-hmm. You know, we're definitely flexible to that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just reach out to us and let us know, um, you know, what is needed. And then we'll see, you know, we'll be the best fit. Yeah. I love that. Get got options. Oh, people. yeah, most definitely. So. You know, we don't feel like it's a cookie-cutter approach to servicing yeah. the community because everyone is different. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And now, um, because you said you do assessments for um, homeless mm-hmm. individuals, how is that? And, and like, what when you're doing the assessments, you're doing mental health assessments for them, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm... Um, I have an opportunity to meet with the clients to um, see what exactly is going on, like what Mm -hmm. put them in this position Mm. um, to being homeless because no one just wakes up like, oh, yeah, my goal for today is to be homeless. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, today I'm just going to leave my my house, my place of comfort, Mm. a warm place to stay just to be outside. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't happen like that. Everyone has a story. So um, I have an opportunity to listen to their story. Mm. Um, and see um, what were what were those obstacles, what were those situations that occurred um, to get them into the predicament that they're in. Mm-hmm. Were any ever um, like they had psychiatric breaks? Some, and where they like may have lost a job or? 
Yeah. Some individuals um, have been in situations um, like that. You know, it, it's, it's something that I'm pretty sure that a lot of individuals have experienced, but they just didn't end up homeless. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I've lost jobs before. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, there's it's something that we've all experienced but it's really based off of how that impacts that individuals and if that person has resources Mm -hmm. you know what I mean to continue on a lot of times resources is the issue Mm -hmm. like they may not have anything Mm -hmm. drastic that's going on within them but it's just like you know what I lost a job I don't have nowhere to go I don't have a support system you know, if right. I get a job and get a home, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know, and that sometimes mm-hmm. can be the, the circumstance. Yeah. <laughs> and now um, I'm assuming the service is voluntary for them to want to come do the assessment or how like is that referral process? Yeah, it's voluntary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's um, open, you know, to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, they can call like two on one as a service mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they'll be able to direct them from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so after completing the assessment, what mm-hmm. is like the next thing for them? Because I know you highlighted the resources, right? So mm-hmm. it's like they get the assessment. I know it's not like, you know, something that's going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. But, you know, where do they go from there? So it really just depends on um, what those results are mm-hmm. from okay. their assessment. It can go in a lot of different directions. Can you give so, us an example of like maybe two mm-hmm. Um, two different results so maybe like a milder um mm-hmm. result case however mm-hmm. that may be and then mm-hmm. like a more extreme one to kind of give yeah so it could be someone kind of like what I was just saying like they just lost their job and they needed mm-hmm. um housing you mm-hmm. know what I mean like they lost their job they need to need those resources just to connect those dots to get back you yeah. know into um their regular flow of life mm-hmm. um so with a situation like that you can provide someone with like a housing list and connect them to like um, per se, like maybe community advocates or something Mm, like that to get like that case management or, you know, whatever it is that's needed. Mm -hmm. So that's like a more, like you said, milder situation. And if it's someone who just can't function Mm, um, and work is not an option for them, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you could look at maybe like helping them with like SSI you know what mm, I mean? Gotcha. Um, to get them connected to that for that revenue source, you know, to come in, mm-hmm. that income source. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, addressing like more like a, a supportive housing, mm-hmm. you know, where it's more yeah. like that intense case management, like regularly mm-hmm. keeping in contact. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, where are you at with this? Let's yeah. do this. You know, stand on top of them so that they can um, function as best as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, my time working at WCS, I definitely... Um, you know, I, I, I had a mixed um, caseload of, you know, more milder cases of individuals um, with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, I had some a little more on the extreme end oh, yeah. of um, mental illnesses. Um, but definitely the population, because more often than not, it was always people willing to work with them, though. You know, and I think I loved that piece. You know, people weren't afraid of them. Um, or, or what they may have in their head of what mental illness may look like because of what we see in the media, um, that, that there were always some kind of support systems in place or programs willing to help. And I think it, you know, it's good for people to know that this stuff is out here, you know, um, would you say that there was a large, um, black population 
of individuals that you've served thus far with the intakes or mm. I would say it's been like a a variety okay um of individuals from different um ethnic groups mm-hmm. um yeah it's mm. I've been able to service everyone you yeah. know <laughs> Right. Yeah. So yeah. so right. It's not like okay, this is you know another African American male, another African American male, but it's been no. more it's, fluid across. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's every everyone's impacted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean yeah. by homelessness. Homelessness doesn't really doesn't have like a a race. Like when you fill out a job application, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't. It doesn't do that, you know, with social justice issues. It's definitely homelessness. Everyone's impacted. And it's been like a lot. It's been young people, too, mm-hmm. you know. And it's young it's, in terms of like um, teens, would you say? Or young, like early, um, young adults. Mm. Yeah, young adults, I would say. Um, that's, yeah. yeah. It's been really hard to see that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. And do you find a pattern? Because if you said it's more young adults, I think of um, just the different agencies I've worked for Mm -hmm. where those teenagers might have been on some kind of assistance, whether it was like with the bureau or something like that. And then once they age out the system, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like they've fallen through the cracks because it's nothing to link them to the next transitional phase. Or if it is, you know, it comes with certain restrictions for them. Yeah, um, that's one of those things that I believe um, has been an issue, not just where I'm currently working now, but um, just working in the community, just period. You know, like me being um, community activist and individuals reaching out to me like, hey, this young lady needs this. You know, she's in this particular situation. And a lot of times it's because she has aged out of mm-hmm. the um, child uh, welfare to, uh, bureau and it's like, where do you go? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, how can I help this child? Like, they're about to turn 18. And, like, how how do you address that? Yeah. Like you were saying, there may be programming out here, but it's all these restrictions and, mm-hmm. you know, criteria you have to meet. You have to meet mm-hmm. one through five, you know, and you don't meet, you don't meet the fifth one, so mm-hmm. we can't help you. So a lot of times you'll see where it's, you know, it's that homelessness. Mm-hmm. And now, what, Marika, what is your ideal client in terms of what's the population you just love to work with? I love to service youth and young adults. Hmm. Um, The reason why is because if I'm able to um, help them see things from a different perspective at a younger age, I would hope that it would help turn them into a different direction mm-hmm. as they grow into to be that be, become that young man um, or to become that young woman, hoping that what we are able to accomplish during those sessions, they'll be able to carry on throughout their lives. Mm-hmm. Not saying that I don't like working with. Right. older adults because mm-hmm. I've worked with children as young as four mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. adults as old as like 65 66 mm-hmm. years old what I have found <laughs> <laughs> older adults sometimes not all the time but sometimes are stuck in their ways and mm-hmm. it's really hard to break through that 
And I feel like if you can get get the child or the young, the youth or the young adult when they're still trying to figure themselves out, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it would definitely help in and change their direction, their path that they're on. And in turn, our um, our homelessness rate may be lower. You know mm. what I mean? Or our, um, the prison system, you know what I mean? Like that will be mm-hmm. impacted. You know, mm-hmm. different areas, social justice issues that we're, that we're dealing with, those different areas where Wisconsin looks horrible, um, you know, compared to other states, mm-hmm. where we will start to look better. Mm. So hopefully the things that we discussed, it will help to raise up positive young leaders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. Now, what are some services that you feel were lacking for that population? For the youth? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of like what you were touching on, um, those those transitional services, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, those services that's linking them. If you're discuss, if you're speaking um, directly to children who are aging out mm-hmm. of um, child welfare, those services to transition them into um, becoming those adults, mm-hmm. it seemed like to me when I was um, working um, more with that clientele, not really directly but indirectly. Mm-hmm. From my perspective, it looked as if as they begin to get older, like 17, 16, 18 mm-hmm. years old the hands were coming off like mm-hmm. hands, meaning those wraparound services that were mm-hmm. like so hands on and wrapped yeah. super tight when they were um, um, like 10, 11 years mm-hmm. old. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As they gotten older, those hands have been, have um, literally been, are, are almost gone, mm. which is not necessarily a horrible thing, but I believe that there needs to be a, a, a better hand off. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we've helped you up until this point. Let me move you forward and hand you off to, you know, this yeah. next individual yeah. to help you through this next phase. Because even children who have not had to go through um, child welfare and age out and all mm-hmm. of that, some of them still don't know how to operate as young adults. Mm-hmm. So to add all that tra- that trauma that child welfare children have had to go through house to house, you know, all this trauma in a home and think that they can still function as what society deem as a proper adult Mm -hmm. in the community Mm -hmm. is insane to me. Yeah, no, it is. So I believe that their handoff needs to be better and those services need to be wrapped a lot tighter than what they are. Hmm. And now you you will have those people who will be like, but you can't force them to do anything. You know what I mean? Most definitely. Um, because when you are 16, 17, you at that point, shown of 18, I'm grown now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you can't tell me what to do, you know? And, yeah. and I think that that's, that's definitely a tough one. Yeah, and you're gonna have some of that, mm-hmm, so that's to mm-hmm. be expected. Understanding that, you know, when you work, when you service in the community, um, you can only help the individuals who want to yeah. be helped. And just coming to that realization, and yes. not even like beating yourself up, like, oh my god, right. this child is out here doing all. Yeah, you cannot change that. Everyone mm-hmm. is given the freedom of choice, mm-hmm. and so if they want to accept those services that you're extending to them, great. If they mm-hmm. don't. By all means, make sure that when you step away, that you have at least given them as much as you could possibly give them in yes, that moment. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that instead of just being like, oh, first time around, they don't want to do it, so I'm done. 
Exactly. When it's like, but how much work did you really put in? Because mm-hmm. true, because you may have said something to that youth that may not have immediately, you know, started mm-hmm. to get their um their will spinning mentally, but they may have. Ex- seen something that reminded them of that conversation which made them reroute and come back to you and yeah. because you didn't just throw 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 your hands up when they left they still feel comfortable enough to come back and say you know what miss rogers you know what miss russell mm-hmm. you know i'm sorry that i didn't accept those services before but i'm here now yeah, I'm how right. can you help yeah, me yeah yeah and you you'll have those stories of Most those definitely. teens that do come back and be like man i should have just listened yeah, you have those adults. <laughs> yeah, who still for say sure. That. Yeah, yeah, adults. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Now, um, with with everything that has been going on in the media, just with like our young people here, especially close to home, mm-hmm. what do you feel like we as the community can do? You know, because people, um, when it was that big um spree of of teens stealing cars. And, you know, crashing them, getting into accidents and, you know, unfortunately, people dying from it. What do you think we can do as a community to either decrease it or implement um, more services, some kind of way, programs? I know that right and I don't expect you to have the answers (laughs) but you know yeah you know I've sat in a lot of different meetings Mm -hmm. um, with community members Mm -hmm. who are directly working in the community or just members of the community Mm -hmm. who have a lot to say about what's going on and I, I believe that there's little pockets like little fires that's been starting Mm. to try to bring change but it seems as if a lot of silos or groups have been created but they need to bring it all together Mm. um and sometimes it's it can be like that um territorial thing that i hate mm, okay <laughs> working in the okay. community okay um, <laughs> like my is, group do this already so <laughs> exactly like i own this this is me yeah like what hold up okay. like <laughs> so um that that's one of the things that i have noticed mm-hmm. just working in the community um it's very unfortunate it's not everyone in the community that does this everyone don't do this but it still is something that needs to be stopped like come on break this up we all service in pretty much the same the same people yeah um and this that's that's one of the issues so that's one okay so people needing to come together instead of always breaking apart or being like oh i'm starting up this to do this but okay let's partner yeah everyone collaborate everyone wants to be a a forerunner everyone wants Mm. to be in the front Everybody trying to be an Oprah. And ain't oh. nobody trying to be a Gail. Is what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But this is the thing. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there sometimes is so many forerunners, but it's like when the heat get mm. turns up. Where they at? All those forerunners <laughs> are not there. Those mm. self-proclaimed forerunners are not yeah. there. So I think that if we can be more of a support for individuals who are truly doing this work, genuinely doing this work, doing mm-hmm. been doing this work before the issue really has gotten to this point. Mm. If we do that and see what they've been doing, 
and bring our resources to that, yeah. I think that we can help really address those things. Mm-hmm. It may not, it's not going to happen overnight because of it, it didn't all, we are at this point, not because it happened yesterday. Right. We're at this point because it's been years and years and years of mm-hmm. buildup. And now all of a sudden it's like that volcano or, mm-hmm. or like that boiling pot. Now it's, it's not, no longer at a simmer, it's at a boil. Now you got to take this top off because it cannot yeah. self-contain anymore. So, that's my rant. That's my, my <laughs> viewpoint. You know, you can no, see I'm passionate no. about this. Uh, yeah, you are. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I yeah. struck that passionate nerve. Yeah. With you. Often, I, you know, I don't. I, I sit back and I observe and I listen a yeah. lot and I try to support. But that's just my perspective mm. on what I've seen. Yeah. So if 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 you had the chance mm-hmm. to um, implement different services or programming, what would that look like? It would look like having like those life skill mm-hmm. trainings within the school, mm. like day to day living. Yeah. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, instead of just expecting like, don't you already know that? Yeah. You cannot like expect a child to already know what an adult knows. Mm-hmm. They're not saying that they're naive and incompetent mm-hmm. to knowing certain things, but sometimes unrealistic expectations are put on children mm-hmm. that some adults can't even live up to. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, getting into these schools and doing more, um, not always just waiting for the school <laughs> to yeah. do it, not always waiting for the parent mm. to do it. Because sometimes, going back yeah. to our earlier conversation, sometimes that mother, that father is yeah. dealing with certain things and they cannot even properly function. Right, and they're doing the best they can with what they know. Exactly. And so really going back to, just date, thinking back to when I was a child, um, a slogan that was um, stated often, takes a village to raise a child. Mm. We don't have a village anymore. Uh. No, so, people get mad when you chastise their kid or, you know, redirect them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think we need to get back to that. Mm-hmm. You know, like growing mm-hmm. up when I was in school, our teachers really did um, care about us. Like we were literally like a family. Yeah. Um, so true. creating that sense, because when we go to work, when we go to school, we spend more time during a week with those people than we do with our own family. Mm-hmm. And if we can't properly function within that, that's a serious issue. Mm. And so I think that that's one of the things that I would I would love to be a part of, if possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and hopefully it becomes like a domino effect. You know, I'm only one person. I only have one right. organization. My <laughs> arms can only reach right, so far. Right. You know, but I'm pretty sure there's other organizations, other individuals in the community that's willing to lock arms and do the work. You know mm. what I mean? And so... Back to just, you know, supporting one another, breaking up those silos and um, going back to it takes a village. Yeah. Going back to the basics. One on one. Yes. And now before we go, can you let the people know how do you keep yourself healthy physically, mentally and spiritually? Spiritually, as I stated before, I'm a believer of Christ. So um, I do spend my time in his presence, praying mm-hmm. to him, um, reading my word. And um, just taking those 
mental pauses for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I love poetry. I love listening to music and dancing. It's like my first um, artistic uh, love. So um, those are my outlets mm-hmm. um, to make sure that I'm staying grounded and um, also maintaining my humility and understanding um, the indip- yeah. the individuals that I service. I'm constantly um giving back to the community in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't feel like I need to make it public. I don't need to take a picture. I don't need to post it on Facebook just to get some type of notoriety because this is just who I am. Mm-hmm. So um, servicing those individuals who need need the help mm-hmm. is um, another way that I'm able to kind of just keep myself grounded and keep myself, um, you know, in that place of knowing, yeah. you know what, it could be me. In a blink of an mm-hmm. eye, it could be me. Yeah, yeah. And now people be like, oh, man, I really loved her. I want her to come speak or something like that. You know, where can they find you at? You can find me on Facebook, um, Marika Rogers, or you can find me on, um, let's see, Instagram, Twitter, (laughs) LinkedIn. (laughs) Um, And you can definitely contact me me directly. My number is 414-469-9147. My email, again, is Envision the Future, Inc., um at gmail and um my website is www.envisionfuture.co.co yes i love it thank you so much for joining me today no i really problem. appreciate it it was my pleasure thank you so much for having me yes most definitely thank you tec listeners for supporting me through all of this um i, I definitely want to continue producing great quality session so please send me different sessions you want me to focus on so you got a clinician here so i'm just saying until next time peace Hey, you guys, one last thing. I will actually be having a live show for those of you that missed me at the Milwaukee Podcast Festival. You'll have an opportunity to see me live December 2nd. And I will actually have my guest, Rashawn Miller, who was on the pod um, in the earlier stages. Um, So he did the interview on The Breakfast Club and he did a phenomenal job when he... um, he came on and spoke with me. And so we will actually be just highlighting how to support family um, or friends with a mental health issue. So I have the live show on December 2nd. So stay tuned for locations and Eventbrite tickets. It'll be free. So, you know, I hope to see you guys there. Hey, TEC listeners, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and rate this podcast. You can send me emails with questions, comments, and feedback to TECpodcast2017 at gmail.com, on Twitter at TECpodcast2017, IG at TECpodcast, Facebook, The Evolving Chair Podcast, or check out my website at www.theevolvingchair.com. So go listen to me on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play.